0: 18. With Lee Lonsberry, from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news, hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry, on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lansbury. In just a moment, I'm going to get to what I promised you—a conversation. Uh, about a certain aspect of lessons learned in 1918 during the Spanish flu and what we can uh, apply to our own holiday celebrations. But I have just been overwhelmed here via text message uh, by all of those, all of you, responding to that uh, very simple question of where do you intend to put your uh, $600 once you receive it? If you qualify for some of these Relief funding dollars. Secretary of Treasury Mnuchin says that uh, if everything goes according to plan, the House and Senate passes it today, the president swiftly signs it. That those checks will be in the mail uh, coming next week. That will put money in your pocket here very uh, quickly, should you qualify. And the very basic question I asked, you know, after we'd looked at how some of the twelve hundred dollars of stimulus money sent uh, earlier this year via the CARES Act, where that money went, about a third. Uh, of people uh, put it into savings, another third put it towards repaying and paying down some debt. And then it was a a small portion of people, much less I believe than was predicted by Congress, uh, actually spent on consumer products or putting money very quickly back into uh, into the cyclical economy, if you will. Here's some of the responses that I've gotten. I've gotten dozens of them via text message. And listen, feel free to weigh in yourself, Five seven I'm going to run through some of these responses, and then uh, we'll turn back the pages and look at uh, a little bit of Spanish flu stuff. Uh, here's a, qu- a response from a texter. I'll buy another firearm, something in 10 millimeter. I know where to get ammo for that. Yeah, uh, a- ammo ammo is scarce, and good for you. I, here's the thing: I would bore many of you, but I would love to have a conversation with a 10 millimeter enthusiast. Uh, I, I'd love to talk ballistics. I'd love to talk scarcity. I'd love to talk uh, a lot of things about the 10 millimeter. <laughs> and sorry for the rest of you, but you know, as these uh, rounds of ammunition come in different sizes. Uh, There are different uh, traits for each. And 10 millimeter is an interesting one. (laughs) So listen, texter, uh, last four digits, uh, 57, 62. Maybe you and I can link up later on and uh, debate the merits of 10 millimeter. That'd be fun. Uh, Next one, next texter writes, I work at a financial institution, and I know that some used the last stimulus check to pay off debt. A lot of that debt uh, paid was credit card and unsecured debt, which people just turned around and maxed those cards out again. Uh, people have been using loans to pay off loans. Yeah, uh, that that is a reality. Hopefully, it doesn't represent that full third of folks who are paying down debt. Uh, but you never know. Hey, did you have an experience like that? Five seven five zero zero. Now this this text here, uh, I, I'm especially eager to share with you because it does uh, highlight a concept that we discussed last time. A texter with the last four digits fifty four zero three writes, "We didn't need the money." So we donated all of it to the food bank and various charities. Another texter writes, our last stimulus check went to a friend for rent help. The thing is, there will be many who qualify for these $600. And maybe it's more. Maybe you uh, and your spouse uh, have brought in uh, under $150,000 last year. You qualify for both uh, $600, so that's making it $1,200 total. Uh, maybe have a, a few children, that money uh, adds up. But maybe you're still employed. Maybe maybe you're one of the lucky folks who have, throughout this COVID pandemic, you stayed employed. That puts you in a unique circumstance. And it gives you a unique choice. And especially this time of year, as we're looking for uh, ways to be charitable, Something in the air this time of year I think pushes a lot of us to be a little more generous with our time and resources. Would you consider giving it away? If you look at your own financial circumstance and you see, oh, you know what, we're we're doing okay. You know, we, we, we are, uh, for the most part, in the same circumstances we were 12 months ago before old Aunt Rona showed up. Would you consider sharing it with someone in greater need? Yeah, sure, that person is probably going to be on the receiving end of their own $600 check. (laughs) But reality being reality, sometimes the hole is deeper than $600. And the question of whether or not next month there's a roof uh, hanging over your head might be one answered uh, with only more than $600. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another text response comes in. Uh, saving for debts that will be coming up shortly. Saving for debts that will be coming up shortly. Uh, here's another one. I've purchased more takeout this year than in the last 25 years combined. In the Lonsbury household, we've reined that in a little bit. But we certainly uh, settled into that being the routine. I'll tell you what, DoorDash has our number. <laughs> if you're a takeout place, uh, you, you you know our number. We settled down a little bit. But if you can remember, uh, that made a lot of sense. First, we'll go around when the $1,200 got shared. You remember Governor Gary Herbert put out a challenge. I think it was uh, three nights a week he invited uh, Utahns to look for local restaurants to patronize. Now, those restaurants are still struggling. So maybe this uh, advice is still good. Uh, you get yourself on the receiving end of $600, uh, maybe a, a night or two of extra takeout. Help some of those small business owners who uh, happen to make their and do their business in the restaurant sector. All right, I'm going to step away from this. I am still curious, and these texts still continue to, to roll in. Another one, I'll give it to my church uh, to help others. I'll use it to pay for college. Food storage, food. Uh, start college fund for granddaughter due in February. All, all, all of these are wonderful suggestions, and I'd love to hear more. Uh, five seven five, zero, zero. I've rambled on a little bit too long here, uh, but I want to, before the commercial break, squeeze in some of the lessons that we learned uh, back in 1918. I'll have to be real quick with this, but that's okay because the, the point the point I want to make is is a simple one. The point I want to make is a very simple one. Uh, and it has to do with uh, a, a, an expected surge that didn't come. An expected surge that didn't come. If you can remember, it was just on the eve of Thanksgiving that there were the first calls to, uh, you know... We need to seriously change the way we're celebrating the holidays this year. We need to maybe not get together at Grandma's house. Maybe it's going to be a Zoom Thanksgiving. Maybe we're going to have to link up via FaceTime uh, because, you know, right now, as the weather gets colder and as we find ourselves indoors more often, if you combine that with family get-togethers around Thanksgiving time, uh, it's indubitable that we are... (laughs) (laughs) That we are, uh, following Thanksgiving, going to see uh, a massive surge. Well, uh, something fascinating happened here in the state of Utah. Dr. Uh, Eddie Stenium sums it up here. Dr. Stenium of Intermountain Healthcare's Infectious Disease Program. We want to commend everybody for their efforts at Thanksgiving. We expected to see a very significant surge in cases after the Thanksgiving holiday. And we did see an increase in cases, but it was muted. And that is because of all of the public health measures that so many of you followed um, for the Thanksgiving holiday. All right. That same thing happened over 100 years ago. That very same thing happened here in Utah. They were nervous on the eve of Thanksgiving that cases would ramp up due to gatherings and the spread of the Spanish flu uh, would go even further. And what happened? Well, after Thanksgiving, just like what has happened here in Utah today in the COVID era, there was not that much of an uptick. Yeah. In fact, uh, all of the expectations, all of the predictions of 1918 following Thanksgiving here in Utah were wrong. There wasn't an uptick. And so what did that do? How did Utahans respond then? They let their guard down. They decided, oh, maybe... Maybe these germs aren't as virulent as we thought. Maybe the threat is not as clear and present as we thought. And so you know what they did? They got together during Christmas. They disregarded the safeguards that they had uh, put up for Thanksgiving, and they returned to you know, kind of a normal year. Well, what happened? I can tell you in Moab, the numbers went through the roof. through the roof, exponential growth, exponential spread. And so if our access to history is to do us any good, we have to learn those lessons. And I hate being the guy that just beats this drum all the time. I feel like I'm lecturing and it kills me because I'm the one, I maybe more than anyone, wants to get together with family. I talk probably too much about little baby Piper. Well, she's got family around the country. She has yet to meet. She's over a year old, hasn't met Grandpa yet. It breaks my heart. Makes me want to get together at Christmas. But I'm not going to. Hopefully I will next year. But let's be sure that we learn the lessons of the past, apply them to our circumstances today, and that way, after Christmas, we don't suffer the same fate as they suffered a hundred years ago here in Utah. Quick break when we return, very much looking forward to the next conversation. Tom Hudako from the Utah Department of Health, Director of Communications, there will talk to us about what's next for the vaccine distribution plan here in the state of Utah. That's ahead on live mic. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.